0: This is Pull Request Hot Hotfix, short and sweet and hard to beat. PulverQuest Hotfix is a quick shot of tech news diving into one highly relevant topic each episode with four techno experts, Eric Newman, Ryan Swiner, Stephen Jude, and featuring Tyler Dinner. Today's episode, DeFi 2.0, Decentralized Finance. Hello everybody, welcome to yet another Public Quest Hot Fix. My name is Eric Newman, and across from me, in person, for the first time in I don't know how long is... I have to say, you know what? We have to do a... I think we have to do a a very hard transition because we need somebody to uh, bring him in, if it works. That's right. The drummer to the show is back after a long tour of the West Indies, the Philippines, and somewhere else that has no internet connectivity. Tyler, dinner. What the hell have you been doing? Uh, fighting myself. You've been fighting yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you have been fighting us. Well, it's nice to have you back. Welcome back. It's good to be back. Thank you. Thanks Uh, for welcoming me back. That's right. I'm prodigal son. Yes, that's right. And someone who's done a much better job of replacing you is uh, the person that I've done the last few hot fixes with, Ryan Swiner. Hi, Ryan. How you doing?
1: Hey, doing good. Nice to hear from you again. And where are you? Oh, now I'm in uh, Coral Springs. I actually just got back from a a trip down to Key West over the weekend. Um, How was that? It's pretty fun. That's pretty fun. I can definitely I don't I can... think I've been to Key West in like twenty years, fifteen years. This is probably exactly. my best experience of it, uh, actually, so far. So this is pretty good. What made it the best? I van lifed it. I van lifed it with the uh, with the girlfriend and stuff, so we were running around there doing things. It's pretty good. Oh
0: nice, yeah. We need to we need to start the van life series. But before we get more on to that, uh, let's welcome a new guest to the stuff to the show, Steven Jude. Hello, Mr. Jude, how are you?
2: I'm good, how are you?
0: I am, uh, don't ask that question, I'm wonderful. (laughs) I guess that's the best way to put it, without saving uh, we could do a whole podcast about how I've been. Um, and what do you, what do you do, and how do
2: you know Ryan? So Ryan and I go way back, about, uh, what is it, like 13, 14 years now? Uh, we were actually... Yeah,
1: by definition, it's at least 10. At
2: least 10. You, at least 10. Air yeah. Force Academy? Yeah, we were uh, roommates at the Air Force Academy sophomore year, and surprisingly, have kept in touch since then.
0: Wow, Ryan and I went to high school together, uh, and we've still managed to keep in touch. It's great when friends keep in touch for long periods of time. You get to watch them grow older and
1: slowly start mm-hmm. losing their hair. And uh, <laughs> what was the joke we were making? We were looking at like some photo or something the other day, and and I was looking at a photo of Eric, and I was like, hey man, you just look, we look like a like you look like a tired version of who you were in high school. Yeah,
0: the rest and of the... you looks the same, but your face just looks really tired. And the <laughs> same thing goes for you, Ryan. you a <laughs> so, nap. Yeah, yeah I'm it's like a John I'm Mulaney just... joke. Who's that tired child with the yellow <laughs> teeth? So. Well, welcome, Stephen, and we, uh, we have you because Ryan alluded to you last time at uh, on our last hot fix about DeFi, decentralized finance, and you actually have a lot to say about it. So before we get into the new stuff, why don't we quickly recap what we talked about last time, even though all of the listeners that we have can just listen to the last episode. Uh, we talked about MakerDAO,
1: which is what, Ryan? Uh, MakerDAO is a decentralized, autonomous organization whose main benefit is uh, to capture some of the functions that a, a central bank provides by giving us a stable currency but without a government and without any of the centralization or uh, corruption that Again, comes with Again, you used
0: central bank while describing a decentralized entity. That's something it, that kind yeah. of gives me a headache.
1: It's but it's, oh. it's the mechanical benefits of a central bank captured in, like, a contract captured in a, in a smart contract so that you can maintain a stable currency. And then um, you have a way for people to in mass govern the function of that uh, contract so that you can decide on interest rates and stuff um, so that we can, so that we can have stable ways to transact and, and leverage our assets.
0: This sounds like, some kind of – it sounds like high-frequency trading and that type of algorithmic uh, analysis of habits and, and, and currency transfer but used for just regular uh, monetary transfer. Does that sound
1: right? Well, I don't, I'm, uh, At this point, I mean, I've learned so, – so Steve told me about Ethereum like six, seven, eight months before I was – I got into it, and at the, when, he, when I first heard about it, I was like, I don't know, man. I think I'm gonna I'm more excited about renting out these vans than thinking about the world computer. And then, <laughs> and then, and then lately, now that I'm like, I've been steeped in crypto stuff for a couple of years, and then now Steve is calling me, and he's like, Hey, man, I'm getting really pumped about this DeFi stuff, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm excited. And then I caught, caught myself, and I'm like, Wait a minute, I should, ah. I should probably. Get excited about this DeFi stuff. Yes.
0: And, you know, I, I have such a chip on my shoulder over cryptocurrency because the Bitcoin boat sailed up to my dock in 2012 and said, hey, Eric, you want to come on? And I said, no, that's all right. I'll, I'll stay here. And then they come back uh, a year ago as a, as a giant yacht. And I'm like, what happened, guys? And they said, ah, oh, we had a great time. Where have you been? Yep. So, missing the boat, literally. I literally missed the boat uh, or metaphorically missed the boat. Um, Not when they got boats. Then it's literal. That's true. Uh, anyway, and then Tyler, how are you doing with the whole cryptocurrency stuff and mm-hmm. watching it go by?
3: Or? Yeah, I bought uh, two hundred bucks worth uh, when it was super high, and I'm stupid. <laughs> <so> <laughs> now cool. this DeFi thing sounds sweet. Yeah, as <laughs> yeah. long as I mean,
0: we don't, as long as we don't blow it. Well, uh, I mean, the,
3: what what Ryan described sounds pretty cool because to me it sounds like a, uh, like a centralized bank, but that's not backed by an army.
1: It's not centralized, it and it's not backed by, not backed. Yeah, it's not backed by an army. It's backed by an equation. And actually, I think this is probably the logical point at which we get Steve's very and done explaining this because it's. I yeah. think He's had it stewing in his mind for much longer than than me. So, Steve, sure. why
0: don't you tell us about the beautiful stew of Defi that you've got?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. So, uh, I'll probably focus on MakerDAO since that's probably the most. Famous or well-known application right now. Uh, Sure.
0: And that's what we were just talking about. So that's a good transition.
2: Yeah, because DeFi in and of itself probably refers to, like, a wide variety of different uh, platforms. But uh,
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So MakerDAO. So as we're all aware, like Ether and Bitcoin are pretty volatile. And so spending it is very, I guess, probably unpalatable to most people just due to the volatility of the price. Because who wants to spend ten thousand bitcoins on, you know, a pizza, and then one day realize that they spent multi millions of dollars (laughs) on some pizza, probably?
0: It's almost like people buying the island of Manhattan for twenty bucks. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever it was. Uh, Anyway.
3: Yeah.
2: So so, that was a good deal. So if you wanted to essentially take out a loan against the currency that you have, the cryptocurrency you have, you could do so with Maker you deposit your crypto, and you get out an asset that's stable, it's not going to change price. So it could
0: be any coin, any any altcoin even, like just anything that you can turn into? As of, Is this... as
2: of right now, it's just Ether. But uh, okay, just to... that's going to okay. change here November 18th. But it's essentially a, a way to take out loan against your own assets without selling it. So,
0: so it's like a pawn.
2: Uh, no, because you're not selling it.
0: Well, the pawn is, is, a, is a temporary you, – you give your asset to the place, to the pawn shop. They hold it until you repay the value that they give you for the pawn plus interest.
2: Yeah, essentially. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like a pawn, yeah. but digitally. Yeah. Look, I, I have not watched all ten seasons of Pawn Stars for nothing, <laughs> okay? So it's, anyway, I don't want to detract. You're uh, not getting
3: that time back, Eric.
0: I'm not, but you know what? You're looking <laughs> like a pasta eating Pink Street, let me tell you what. You could have talk that lady down another thousand dollars. What you doing, Rick? I'm sorry, that guy's dead. <laughs> I loved him so much. Anyway, um, why do I hang out with these? So MakerDAO, <laughs> first time back, you realized every reason why you left. This is why. All right, here it is. So, um, so we essentially, so Maker and MakerDAO essentially allow you to create a, a quote-unquote pawning system, kind of with uh, with Ethereum right now, Ether, and. Uh, it creates a, a like a stable security. Could you call it a security?
2: Uh, no, it's not a security. But um, what would you call it? I just call it a stable coin. It's that's uh, okay. Pegged to the U.S. dollar. That's pegged to the U.S.
0: dollar. So how does that get around the whole central bankness? Because my biggest gripe about a lot of these cryptocurrencies is that is when they get pegged to the dollar, they lose that decentralization. They lose that ability to really have that type of real autonomy that I believe a lot of the cryptocurrency movement was founded upon.
2: Mm, I'm kind of getting into pretty uh, metaphysical aspects of this, but uh, I mean, there's no central party that owns, I guess the whole system. And so it's, it's a way for people together as a network to basically take out loans against themselves and print a stable coin that's uh you know at, at the moment tracking the US dollar. So there's no there's no central party that's responsible for this. So I'm
3: I okay. I I have some questions. Sure. Um yeah and I'm pretty bad at finance in general, <laughs> I, I like to think. So but I'm pretty good at the rest of the world. I understand most stuff. So I don't understand the big benefit of, of this, and it sounds crazy, and it sounds like, well, not crazy, but it sounds like it's a loss game at, at some point, because uh, say Ether is worth $900 one day, and then I have that, and I only paid 50 bucks for it, because I got it when it was cheap, so then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to take out $900 worth of loans, and I'm going to get cash against it, but then the bank, right, the centralized bank gives $900 to me, but then... I can repay that loan if it goes back down to 50 bucks and I can repay it all.
2: Does it work like that? Uh, no, no, not, uh, not quite like that. So uh, the way it works is when you deposit ETH, you can print die, which is the, the stable us dollar coin. Uh, and you have to maintain a certain level of collateralization to the amount of die that you take out. So as it is right now, you need to have at least 150% collateral, uh, to uh, the DAI loan that you have taken out,
0: so if, and that collateral is represented in other coins, n- other cryptocurrencies, or just more <laughs> ether. I guess right now it's just
2: ether. Yeah. So, uh, say for example, you deposit a uh, hundred and fifty dollars of ether, you can take out a loan of a hundred die. And if that, if the price of ether drops to now, your loan is under collateralized, i.e., it's less than one hundred fifty percent then the system is going to liquidate part of your collateral to pay back the debt in order to get your collateralization back up to 150%. And
1: that
0: happens completely autonomously.
2: Yep. Yeah. Okay.
0: Mm -hmm. This is Um, a, this is
1: a part of it that I, uh, I, I read that what this ends up doing in practice is that people will not just over collateralize. They'll kind of the next degree, they'll kind of like hyper collateralize to where, you know, in order to, Make sure that they don't run afoul of that mechanism. People will put in three to four times the collateral of whatever they intend to borrow against.
0: But doesn't that create some kind of artificial stability in the market?
1: No, it's real stability. It's as if, it's as if people were just you know, being responsible. Well, they're doing it out of fear, I guess. Kind of, but uh, it's, it's 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 still it's it's creating a real form of stability from people just sort of like using their judgment. Like if like if, if everyone owned property, and then whenever you needed to make a financial move, you took like a a home equity loan at a at a rate of like five to ten percent the value of your house. Like there's very little danger of the, of that economy ever really running into trouble because no one's no one's overleveraging or um, everything is. Everything is very like safe and responsible. Like you, you have an abundance of assets backing up your liquid financial activity.
0: Interesting. So how how does how exactly is uh is dye pegged to the dollar?
2: So there's it's it's all based off of market mechanisms. So. Uh, the main
0: way so this, does this go back to what I said about it 's like high frequency trading but on the currency level instead of the stock level then
2: no high frequency trading is is a way to arbitrage inefficiencies between different markets uh, and you do it using computers that have an advantage based off of speed uh, This is done um, i guess in human time so it 's not like high frequency type scale of time but uh, the the Okay. The primary
0: way is it a, is it a slower way of doing the same thing
2: uh, i I guess I mean high frequency trading is a very specific uh, technique for for trading stock markets but with with die the primary way there's a couple ways it's pegged the dollar so if you go to a market and you see that die is uh, selling for like a dollar and two cents. Uh, then there's some sort of discrepancy there, right? So people can arbitrage the market uh, anytime DAI kind of breaks its peg. So if DAI is above a dollar, then you can go to Maker, mint uh, or mint more DAI, and then sell it on the market for that 2% difference. So is, And is
0: that something that you would have to do manually, like with you watching it? Or is, is well, that you, something that could you be... You
2: could create bots to do this. Right? Oh, okay. Um, and then if die is less than a dollar... Then all you have to do is if you have a loan out, you can pay back your, your loan on the cheap, right? So if it's 98 cents, then essentially you just pay back your loan for a two, 2% discount. Uh, so ah. That's kind of like the primary way that DAI is pegged to US dollar. And the secondary way is um, there's these different parameters that the people that govern the system can, can change. So, uh, right,
0: and who governs? Who governs this?
2: So it's governed by it's called Maker DAO. DAO being a decentralized autonomous decentralized autonomous organization. Yep. Which,
0: as a quick tangent, and by the way, I, I still own QuickTangent dot com. Uh, I I used that last week accidentally instead of database abstraction object, which is the joke that I made the first time, and I was like, oh, someone said DAO, and I was like, oh yeah, the decentralized autonomous organ. No, wait, no, it is
2: a database abstraction. Anyway. <laughs>
0: Someone's laughing at that. Um, all right, so go go on, Stephen. I'm
2: yeah, so the other mechanism um, kind of used by the MakerDAO system is to change the interest rate on the loans. So uh, when you take out a loan, it's not a fixed rate, it's a variable rate. And so the MakerDAO can change the rate at which loans are given uh, if the market needs it. So, for example, if... Uh, too many people are taking out loans and flooding the system with more dye, thus kind of decreasing the price of dye and breaking the peg. They can increase the interest rate on the loans to kind of incentivize people to pay back their loans and decrease the amount of dye that 's out in the system
1: oh that 's interesting uh, I, I actually didn 't know I, I knew there was, I knew about the target feedback. Um, uh, target rate feedback mechanism, which is essentially the um, you know two cents up two cents down um, mm-hmm. mechanism, but i wasn 't exactly sure how the interest rate so when it gets, thing was doing it, it, so
0: if it gets to so i guess interest rate is what they do to kind of to kind of uh, massage that back into the the proper peg yeah. uh, mm-hmm. m- margin that that they wanted that's interesting and so, so is the ga- is the game for this profitability or is it just to create uh, an interesting financial
2: system? Well, so it, it really solves a huge problem in crypto. And that goes back to the fact that no one wants to spend crypto because they're afraid that, you know, they sell crypto and either one, they've got some sort of capital gains tax that they have to pay or two, that they've sold an asset that's going to go 10x in two years and lost out on that gain. So you can right. you can take out a loan with assets you own and never have to sell your ether and the the byproduct of that is die which totally benefits the entire system because you mint die you send it out into the world and anyone can buy die and use it and now you have a u.s dollar equivalent cryptocurrency that is inherent to the system so it's interesting
0: i get it
3: yeah I get it. You buy a bunch of cheap coinage, right? And then it's like, oh, well, then I'll just get that two hundred dollars back that I spent on it. And then in five years, when that stuff's worth millions, then you just pay it back with your millions.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah. then your your collateral is worth way more because you still own your collateral. Yeah, that's yeah. kind and of the unless, idea.
0: Unless unless it goes unless it goes outside of the bounds, and then they have to liquidate some of your collateral to make. Right. To the margin. Yeah. True. Yeah. But
1: if you're, if you are running anywhere near the, the collateralization threshold, like if you're, you're just playing with, you're playing with fire, you know, you're just and like, you got, re- yeah. And is the reason that it's pegged to the dollar just to limit the volatility? I think, I think it's, it's an easy thing to track.
2: Yeah. Exactly. It's, it, I mean, most people are used to dollars. Dollars makes people comfortable. Uh, I mean, you could pay it to I've, whatever I've, you wanted, essentially. I mean, you could peg it to the price of Apple's stock if you want, but that doesn't really yeah. do anyone any benefit. I've, I've
1: had a hard time not thinking about this part of it because I think it would be amazing to have a stable coin. I Actually, I think um, the Libra thing actually kind of had the right idea where you would peg a stable coin to the value of a basket of goods, kind of like we already do, like whenever we're measuring inflation or whatever, we tend to focus on like a basket of goods and compare like what these 10 things together cost now on average versus what they would have cost 10 years ago. Um, Right. But I
0: feel like it's a similar setup to what caused the housing crisis 10 years ago. That's just my, my thinking, but I'm not.
2: Yeah. So you're thinking, you're thinking of derivatives and, um,
0: I, but derivatives started didn't start out as derivatives they started out as a basket of of goods a basket of mortgages and then well,
1: what happened is a security right and, what then, happened and then the with securities that, then
0: got repackaged as derivatives from the securities so it became abstracted at a level yeah that, that's well, what kind
1: of the, yeah, i was going to say that the danger of it was that they um, they made bad mathematical assumptions about what constituted Diversification of risk, and so um, because and you know these things that um, on paper were AAA um, low risk loans, but in fact, if you were if you were more mathematical, if you were more inclined, and in fact, the uh, I can't remember the name of the guy in the Big Short that that kind Steve of was calling it or yes, yeah, you ever no that that was one of them. But there was the the guy that Christian Bale. Uh, played. Oh yeah, that guy. That guy was like calling it, and he was saying like, "These are actually bad loans." And then he had he came face to face with the corruption in the financial system, where like you should lower the like these should not be rated as AAA like uh, grade uh, debt. These should be junk bonds, basically. They should they should these should be junk debt. Um, so.
0: And that essentially goes back to, I guess, human error. And if you take humans out of it and make it more algorithmic based, then... uh, Yeah, Yeah. so so the issue
2: with with the whole Great Recession was the fact that people were taking side bets on these markets. And when you're betting and gambling Mm. on the markets via the form of collateralized debt obligations, which is essentially, they're just gambles. They're not like, people don't have any skin in the game with CDOs, right? They're just betting on the price of the underlying securities. But with with something like Maker or any of these DeFi projects, like you can go to the blockchain and you can see the fact that the system, as of right now, is over collateralized by three hundred and twenty three percent. Right, so your faith in the peg of Dai can be pretty strong because you know there's three times the amount of ETH locked up to that in that contract than the value of Dai that's currently in circulation. So. It's okay. It's pretty transparent, and I mean, it's that's. I guess that's one huge benefit of this whole system is that you can you can go to blockchain and you can see, you know, what's there and what's not there.
0: Now, how can you prevent a single person, uh, a whale, if you will, from kind of strong arming this market and 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 taking it and and taking it astray based off of a couple of transactions in large volumes?
2: Uh, well, I'm not quite sure in what mechanism...
0: Someone dumps in a ton of Ethereum, Ether, whatever you want to call it, and then wait a couple of weeks and then they take it all out. You know, if that was responsible for the over over uh, collateralization of the of the market, well, and then they just take it out, when you, then that kind of...
2: When you make a loan, you're making a loan out against yourself. So the only person you're able to hurt is yourself. Um, the system as a whole but it, is limited to how much... Ether that can be deposited. Well, it's not. Oh, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that. I say there's a there's a limit to how much DAI can be printed. So there's a... And that's,
0: is that an arbitrary limit like Bitcoin?
2: It's, um, well, it's somewhat arbitrary, but it's uh, it's set at a level uh, to basically guard against liquidity risk for Ether. So the thinking there is you don't want so much DAI printed that you couldn't sell off the ETH without crashing the price of Ether, right? So if, right. if you had, like, half of the market cap of Ether in DAI printed, if Ether's price were to drop, it would just crash the whole system. So if you keep the debt ceiling pretty low, which I think right now it's like $100 million or something, then Ether's price price can crash, and and but DAI will, will be fine.
0: And that's why it's a stable. Yeah, <clears throat> which
2: is what we saw in 2018 because they actually – Released and opened Maker late 2017 at the peak, and it die survived the entire crash all the way down to like eighty something dollars.
1: Wow, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, that kept its peg. It's, it's it was interesting because it's it's the first kind of massively successful uh, DeFi project, as I understand it, that really like you know before this to get a stable coin Um, The mechanisms for making a a dollar pegged, like like a tether or something, were pretty dubious. But this is the first time that it's basically an equation, and it just works, and it worked in good times and bad, and uh, anyone can see how it functions if they're so inclined.
0: Interesting. Uh, So how can we prevent or protect against abuse of this type of thing? It sounds really cool until it starts getting messed with, uh, by people that have, you know, profiteering or malicious interests. Mm, I'm actually not
1: even like theoretically, I guess it would take, like, I'm not aware of any, any obvious, um, mechanisms, but I mean, people that are, people that are trying to get creative with manipulating markets or making a profit tend to be, you know, they tend to have pretty good gotchas, um, that you know the world hasn't seen before, but yeah, off the top of my head, I, I certainly am not aware of any any obvious linchpins or Achilles' heels to go after this type of mechanism. So, okay, Stephen, how about you?
2: I, I think I think you'd find that most people would say that the the weakest point of any of these systems is is the price oracles. So. In order to... The The what? I'm sorry? The price oracles. so for The price oracles. Yeah. In order for the system to work, you need to have some way to feed the price in to the contracts so that you know when something is under-collateralized or not.
0: The price of what, exactly? The price of Ethereum or the price of the dollar?
2: Yeah, primarily. So whatever your collateral is, you need to figure out some way to get the price of Ether into the system. And so that requires some sort of trust mechanism. And right now makers got this pretty, um, advanced Oracle system that they use to, uh, try and reduce the risk that of someone gaming the price. Cause that, that'd be one way to, to break the system, right. Is to, to say ether is, you know, half of what it is and cause the whole system to crash. But, um, so as it is right now, makers has got a pretty elaborate uh, Oracle system that we could go into if you want, but I'm not the complete expert on it. Uh, essentially, the big picture is, is they take a whole bunch of different feeds that are anonymous and there is economic incentive for these Oracles to give the correct price, and then they kind of average out the prices that they, they get from the Oracles to try and uh, detect any outliers or, or bad prices, I guess.
0: And what's the economic advantage of the oracles giving a a good price or the right price?
2: Um, so they, I I don't know because there's not a whole lot of uh, transparency on that part. But uh, uh, this whole system is going to change anyways when multi collateral die comes out. So
0: and and okay, well why, why don't we talk about that really quickly? Yes, multi collateral die is just I guess different types of collateral so not just ether but any other coin.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah. So you could you could have Ether and then I think one of the ones that they're looking at is the basic attention token. Uh, and a couple other like well known tokens to uh to be available for M C D
0: Oh, that's great, so, because then you, could, then you could just take that stuff that the Brave browser gives you, which nobody... Bra- brave, right? Or not? Or Braves? Yep. Mm-hmm. brave, Brave. Nobody yeah. Braves. Brave. The Braves is another service. Uh, the Brave browser gives you for watching ads and actually turn it into something.
1: Yeah. Oh, which cool. I really think the Brave, the basic attention token, I really think is the precursor to the new social media economy that's coming. That's probably a whole different, that's a whole different topic.
0: That's a whole other hotfix. But uh, okay. Well, this sounds this sounds really cool. So um, the die debt ceiling, Stephen, you wrote is eighty million die backed by five hundred million ether, uh, ether ba- and also backed by six hundred fifty million uh, MKR, which is the Maker to- Yeah.
2: So when I took those notes, that was uh, the price was somewhat different. Uh, so right now we got like eight hundred forty or no. Eighty-four million die out there. Uh, Maker itself, I don't know what its market cap is. Uh, and then
1: it was it was in the it was like five hundred ish, six hundred ish dollars last I saw it.
2: Yeah, but w- that note goes to an aspect of Maker that we haven't talked about, which is the, okay. the MKR token. So, and what is the that? MKR token uh, serves a couple of purposes. The first purpose is. It's how governance is done uh for the system. So in order to vote on different parameters such as the stability fee, aka the the interest rate for the system, you need you need to have maker tokens in order to vote.
0: Um and is that just like an intermediate token?
2: Uh it is I don't I don't know what you mean by intermediate token, but it is um, it's-
1: uh, the other side of the market, I think, is the way to say it. it's the that is that more accurate. Like so, you have Dai as the the stable coin that is being minted and repaid, and then is Maker part of the mechanism for accepting interest and voting on the interest
2: rate? Yeah, so it's, it's it allows ah, you. It's like the key. Okay. It's like the key that allows you to to vote on the system, but it is also um, a central part of the whole Dai system and uh, i think ryan was alluding to it when you take out a loan that interest rates so whatever however long you have the loan out for you have to pay back the loan plus the interest well that interest goes towards uh buying up maker and burning it i.e reducing the supply so the thought there is is if the system is good and it works people will take out loans and pay back their loans then, It'll
0: equalize out.
2: Then MKR will... will uh, The total supply will get reduced through this burning mechanism and thus the people that hold it can expect the price of their token to go up. So,
0: so is that like a bond, I
2: guess? Um, or no? No. It's like shares. It's like... Okay. Like a discounted price flow kind of... You can price it in a way where like, you have an expected uh, flow of... of cash coming in, in the form of people paying back their loans. And so you can kind of predict out based off of the loans and outstanding interest that's due, you'd be like, well, I know this much maker is going to get burned and, and thus you can kind of predict the supply of maker. And so,
0: and then, and then queue up transactions to, to buy or sell based off of that, which leads me to go back to my high frequency trading analogy. I feel like in that, in principle, it's the same thing. Uh, at least on that level.
2: <clears throat>
0: I mean, it, it seems to be a little slower than high-frequency trading right now, but at it's, a, it's, a, it's a smaller ecosystem that's operating at a slower rate, but you have these signals that are coming in. You have projections that are created by these algorithms to determine the signals going out that then influence the value of these, mo- of these monetary devices. I can, well,
1: I can I- see the analogy with the mechanism that you're making. Um, But I think the character of it and the speed of it and, like, you know, the reasons for why high-frequency trading is like that versus how this works
2: and why it is how it is doesn't hold. I, I look at high-frequency well. trading yeah. as a technique for people to take advantage of, of inefficiencies in the market. So it,
0: but high-frequency, yeah, it's like trading, a
2: loophole, right? And but, then this is
3: like a a new stability, uh, a stability that we're adding to the market. But
0: high-frequency trading came about just because of the scale of the of the market itself and the amount of people trying to just get in a little edge over well, somebody yeah, else. Yeah, and, so yeah, But this like,
1: isn't that HFT is like a um it's an equipment arms race almost. It was literally like whoever can get their trading machines. Physically closer to the exchange with right. a higher bandwidth, with a better algorithm. And they're algorithm. trying to
0: cut the tops off of mountains, and I, I get that. Yeah. Line of sight between New York and Chicago. But, uh, okay, well, i The whatever. thing being optimized I'll, I'll is very different. <laughs> I'll retire that, that analogy then. Um, okay, so we have this MKR token that is essentially created when people mint DAO. Or die. Sorry, when people meant mint die, is that correct? No,
2: MKR was um, kind of established at the beginning of the Maker system, so there's like a million total in existence, uh, and there won't be any more printed. And, oh, unless. Ooh, so what's unless yeah. the only form, the only way Maker gets printed is if the system needs to essentially create collateral to back die. So we talked about how each loan needs to be collateralized by 150% of eth at the moment. Well, if that loan like drops too low and now that loan can't get paid back, something needs to to take that underwater loan and and make it whole again. And the only way to do that would be through print, printing more maker and selling that on the market to to uh, clean out that debt. So is that That's the other under-
0: quantitative easing.
2: Sorry. Is that like quantitative easing? Uh, I guess in a way it all it does is it dilutes the supply of maker, thus reducing the price, right? So the system is incentivized to have good governance because if you have bad governance, then the system will fail and maker will need to be printed in order to pay off bad loans. Whereas if the system works properly, then the loans will get paid off that interest will go towards burning maker and the supply will be reduced thus potentially Positive increasing feedback. the price of maker interesting yeah so interesting it's it's a form of okay. governance that incorporates some pretty cool economic incentives
0: how do we prevent people from the central banks from getting in and kind of mucking with the with the system um i mean uh, Or do you think that it just like generally it's just tight enough algorithmically that it can't happen? Well,
1: I'm a big fan of the dog coyote analogy that I I make a lot kind of around questions like this where like I really I really feel like um, governments, banks, um, large corporations trying to play in the crypto space is sort of like someone who wanted a dog that substituted it for a coyote and then was surprised when it tore apart their couch or them.
0: <laughs> uh, that was an episode of baskets, actually. But um, well, that's another story. So you don't think it's that really, is that, that's not going to happen? You don't think?
2: I, I guess if someone was really, like, if they really hated the system, they could go out and buy up a whole huge supply of maker tokens and then vote for bad uh, features of the system and then just totally crash the system, but that's it, it, like a lot of work and and money for for no return. So,
0: do you think that would be a lot of work and money for someone
2: like Goldman Sachs?
0: Uh,
2: no, but I don't think they have any interest in doing so. You sure? I mean, this is like small potatoes to them. Like,
0: if it, but if it becomes a, if it becomes something something actually substantial i mean they've also mentioned that they wanted to get involved with cryptocurrency uh, they did right before the crash last year and um,
3: they'll make their own market yeah
0: well right now they're making the apple credit card which is doing well for them but um i just feel like that that's if it, if this becomes too successful a, a central bank or they're not a they're not a central bank but they're a giant bank um would try to try to dismantle it
2: I suppose, but uh, I think as it is right now, like, uh, Makers, the token is held by uh, a small number of people slash organizations.
0: And how, who are these people? Is it Satoshi Nakamoto? One of no,
2: them? it's, um, I don't know their names off the top of my
0: head. There's a, Or just, you know, who are they with? Are they just people? Just out there in the ether? They're just
2: people. Pun intended? Yeah, they're just people.
0: Oh. Those people, so like the president of Goldman Sachs could be one of those people. It uh, could, could be. But- I'm not trying to rain on your parade, Stephen. I'm just trying to see how this could be exploited for for monetary profit because it goes back to what I had mentioned earlier about my biggest gripe with cryptocurrencies when they get pegged to fiat currency like this one is. And but I understand the reason for doing that is to limit the volatility and to make it easier to track. But I mean, that's what. I mean, I mean, t- technically, all these stocks with high-frequency trading are pegged to the dollar.
2: Uh, yeah, but I think if you're going to—
0: market caps and debt
1: ceilings and stuff like that. If you're
2: going to attack the crypto system, I, I don't think Maker would be the way to do so. Um, yeah, what would you do? There's lower-hanging
1: fruit, I, I would say.
2: Yeah, there's probably lower-hanging fruit in the form of some of these exchanges that uh, live on the internet that uh, don't have any insight into a you know, how their trades get done and whether or not there's wash trading or nefarious.
0: What's a, what's wash trading.
2: So wash trading is essentially when you're like trading against yourself to manipulate the price. Ah, uh,
1: mm, yeah, great. I think the, uh, the exchanges have actually been the biggest, um, the biggest moving target for, uh, seeding distrust or, Or slowing down the rate of adoption, or like damaging the reputation of the crypto markets and making them be perceived as more um, uh, vulnerable than they are. I mean, because in essence, if you if you hold a good cold storage wallet and you're holding cryptocurrencies, and there's very few ways for you to be exploited or have have those coins taken away that are. Technical and not more akin to like social engineering. Well, the um, coins
0: wouldn't be taken away per se, but the value that they
1: represent could disappear. E- yeah, I mean, in in certain well, yeah, by damaging the reputation of of a market of the uh, that's yes, that's the primary the way to do it. But, yeah, I think exchanges are a much um, uh, yeah lower hanging fruit of so, exploitation so fruit. Is
0: just- this is just ex- and and these transactions are just person to person, peer to peer, so you don't really need an exchange. Which I guess limits the right or not? Yeah,
1: technically you don't really need an exchange at all. Like I think most exchanges could just be done with smart contracts, and then as long as people knew where those contracts lived, you could get all that stuff done. It just like these uh, exchanges essentially had been created um, because they create liquidity and they make. It's a better human interface, but technically right. all it, this all this stuff could be done through much more secure mechanisms um with um yeah it's, it's, it, that's an, that's an odd topic and I really think it's been a it's been a perversion of the intent of the cryptocurrency space like instead of it's like when you get involved with it's like when you get involved with like any kind of marketing Thing. Like all of a sudden you get on the internet and you start studying marketing and you end up in all these, seeing all these programs where people are selling marketing to marketers and selling how to market to marketers. And like the, the exchange markets, it's like people are selling coins for coins and they're selling coins to people. It's all about, it's just coins. It's a very like, um, uh, it's like an inbreeding or something that's happening within the markets. Not where a, it's not being, a
0: multi-level marketing scheme to create more exchanges yet.
1: Yeah, so the, the real magic is going to is is um is going to come from when we use this stuff to drive real commerce, like not you know like the cryptocurrencies are supposed to be the infrastructure. It's supposed to be the sidewalks and the sewage systems or whatever. It's not supposed to be the store that you go to to make the profit. Like the profit should come from the great businesses and systems that you've created on top of this infrastructure. You shouldn't just be marveling at sidewalks, which is I guess kind of akin to what what the hype around the cryptocurrency markets has been just far. People are going, like, Oh my god, there's a road here. There's a road here. How do I get rich off of roads? And like it's like there hasn't been as much focus right. on how do I make a mechanism that innovates on business models um, that have just never existed before, which is really gonna be the magic. You know, when we get when we get new ways of um of making micropayments or new ways of, of executing um, complex financial instruments and escrow and uh, managing assets that are more efficient, require fewer middlemen, that's going to be where the real magic and efficiencies and, you know, uh, tide raising and breaking down some of the, um, the barriers that states create and the ability to enforce contracts.
2: Yeah, so okay. that's actually a pretty cool point, and maybe this would be an interesting way to kind of maybe wrap up the discussion a little bit. Um, sure. So MakerDAO, as far as I know, they're, they're working with a couple of interesting partners, and uh, one example of low-hanging fruit that you can use the Maker system for would be trade f- finance. So uh, real quick description of that. Say you're like a supplier that you you sell some some part or – or or good uh and you sell it to like a big big company like walmart or some bigger company like lockheed that takes that smaller part and then uses it for um their product or service Uh, companies like that typically work off of you know invoicing right and so they they create an invoice for their their product or good and then maybe a month or two later that invoice actually gets paid well that month or two time difference between creating the invoice and getting the cash can be pretty hairy time for some companies if they're cash strapped. Sure. So there there's forms, there's ways out there right now to go out and like essentially get, you could
0: factor invoices and stuff like that. Yeah,
2: You sell your invoice on 75 cents on the dollar and then you get the cash flow that you need at the time you need it. But you lose out on that 25 cents on the dollar uh, for that invoice that you had. So, uh, it's a pretty bad system because it, it can lend itself to some pretty predatory practices. So, uh, for example, if you're like downstream of that supplier and you know that this company is cash-strapped, well, you can just not pay them and then cause them to go bankrupt. And then you go to turn around and you buy the company and you've just essentially acquired a company for, on the cheap. Um, so one way around this is there's a company – I think they're called trade shift where they're essentially going to – they're going to be like the middleman between Maker and some of these companies. And what they'll do is they will tokenize your invoice. They will print die against your invoice and give you the cash that you need and uh, do it on a lot cheaper. So
0: it's essentially like invoice factoring with
2: die. Yeah. So you can oh. – this company will be the middleman. They'll, they'll take the risk. And then they will print die as needed to service these companies with cash when they need it. Uh, and they'll do it a lot cheaper because you don't have to deal with a bank, right? And you don't have to go Interesting. And, um, have some sort of credit score and, and relationship with a bank because there's no people that you're interacting with. It's just maker
0: Right, until China opens up that social credit score API. <laughs> it says your Q rating isn't high enough to take out this loan. So, no, this is great. Um, I'd love to talk about this again uh, whenever whenever we can. The, the world of decentralized finance and, and cryptocurrency really is – I'm so happy to be – I mean, as millennials, it's like we, we really think nothing is, is new. Uh, everything has been done, and this is a brand new – it's a new world of finance that – it's trying to be corrupted by the old world of finance, and hopefully it, this one isn't. So
1: um, why don't – sorry? Oh, sorry. I was going to say I really do hope that, that crypto is a a coyote and not a dog that the banks can't take home and, and domesticate easily. That's really like an analogy that I make but also just sort of a hope. I just hope they just aren't able to domesticate it.
0: Yeah. All right. Why don't we end it there? So, uh, Stephen, you've been quite a fantastic resource. Uh, you have an open invitation to come back anytime you like. And uh, we'll send a microphone out to you if you like, uh, if you really do want to come back. And, uh, Ryan, a pleasure as always. Tyler, it's nice to see you in the flesh again. Always fun. I Good times. can see that. Uh, so why don't we all hit merge. And we'll see you next time for the next Bullet Quest Hot Fix. Shortly, and we'll also, I promise, we'll do a real pull request, a full one, as Tyler's slowly leaving my apartment as I'm talking, because uh, that's how done we are. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. So, have a great night. This has been the Pneumonium production. The views and opinions expressed on pull requests do not necessarily reflect those of Pneumonium LLC or its subsidiaries.